One of my favorite interviews to date is with today's guest, Chase Barber. He is the CEO and owner of Edison Motors, which is creating an electric kit to help older logging construction trucks convert into hybrid electric. These kits are much cheaper for owner operators and SMB carriers to save on gas, get more mileage out of their current truck, and help Mother Nature all at the same time. Welcome into another episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. My name is Blythe Brumleave, and we cover the stories on how your favorite stuff and people make it from point A to B. Now, going back to Chase, his ideas and building in public for Edison Motors, especially with retrofitting older trucks, he started documenting that over on TikTok, and it's helped him to amass more than 700,000 followers. He now has two accounts, his own personal account, which he talks about a variety of things, but mostly trucking up in Canada. And then on his Edison Motors account, he started that one up and that one already has thousands and thousands of followers as well. But that is specifically more geared towards the electric hybrid model of helping older trucks to make that conversion, which is cheaper, saves on gas, all that good stuff. It's a really fun interview, super fun conversation. Um, So let's not waste any more time. Let's go ahead and dive on in. Now let's go into our next topic and our first guest of today's show. From 3PL Sales Advice on Twitter to a TikTok star with more than 700,000 followers. Let's go ahead and bring on our first guest, Chase Barber. Welcome in, Chase. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. Now, obviously, um, I think for, well, not obviously, but for a lot of folks, um, I I first found out about you through TikTok and you you made some funny, you know, driver posts and it was just like an immediate follow for me. I think you had like one that was like the final destination uh, logging video that I think was was my first interaction um, with your content. It was an immediate follow. But for folks who don't follow you yet on on TikTok or any social media platform, can you kind of give us a background of, of your career in trucking and how you came to be CEO of Edison Motors. Oh, wow. That is a crazy story. Uh, so <laughs> my time in trucking, I started trucking quite a while ago. Before I went to university, I thought it was going to be a great job, get some experience. Loved it. Loved the job. Went to university, realized that I, I did relatively well. I got all straight A's. Top, I was in the top five of my class. And I even won a Bank of Canada competition. I was in economics. And winning a competition, you got a job offer at the Bank of Canada. And the starting wage was $50,000 a year. I made that in one summer as a university student, driving truck, moving drilling rigs in Alberta. I made 50 grand in a year driving someone else's truck. So me and the business partner, we said, screw it. You know what? Rather than take a job, he was an accountant. Why don't we go trucking? So we bought a 1969 Kenworth off an old boy, uh, Bob Murphy. We bought this truck in a field with a truck and trailer for (laughs) $4,000. We spent our last semester of university fixing up this old Kenworth, and we sent it off to work uh, hauling logs, and then we turned it into a low bed tractor, and we added on another truck, and we added on another truck, and yeah, we kind of just kept growing it as far as trucking goes, and that's when we started hauling generators, that kind of thing, and we realized, like, hey, we could probably not only haul these generators, we could install them. We always had a big interest in, like, solar. So we're like, hey, let's do some solar. We'll install the generators. We'll handle everything as far as the trucking goes. And we started doing hybrid solar installs where we take a diesel generator, mix it with solar, some batteries, 
And that's kind of what gave us the idea for Edison Motors. We were up and we did one project for this tiny little community of 50 people, but they had a diesel generator running way up in the Yukon. And what we did is we put in a much smaller diesel generator. We went from 90 kilowatts down to 30. We hooked it to a battery bank, put a bunch of solar, and that battery did a peak loading. So we were able to reduce the fuel consumption by 30%. They ended up saving, I think it was $70,000 in the first year for a truck that, for a system that cost 90. So we're like, that's a hell of a payback. And then because we already had trucks and we restored classic trucks for fun, we started looking into it and be like, this all started like a year and a half ago in the background of me doing the math and my partner and figuring out, could we build a hybrid electric truck and do the same thing that we did for this community in one of our old trucks? And so, yeah, we were busy hauling logs, working away on it. And about four months ago, five months ago, I announced on my TikTok that we were doing Edison Motors and building an electric logging truck. And it kind of just took off from there. And so really the, the the catalyst for starting the company, Edison, was was really about this one small town saving money. And then that's what – did you have any experience, I guess, sort of um, building custom, you know, I guess, con, contraptions for a truck? Or, or was this sort of like new that you kind of knew, I, I guess – sort of the the layout of of the engine technology and all that stuff and then it was a matter of just brainstorming the different components that you could move from i guess diesel to electric power i don't even know if i'm explaining this right but it kind of feels like i am so correct me if i'm wrong on how where did you really i guess get the inspiration on how this could work was it really that small town it was that small town we did. It, it was literally it was a little tiny First Nations community reserve way up north. And yeah, it's. I started thinking about it on the drive home after doing it. And like, I'm not going to lie, that project did not go smoothly for us. That was the first time we did an in, a hybrid install. It was a disaster. It probably took us like four times to get it right going out, driving up to the Yukon to figure that thing out. But we got it. And then. Yeah, that was basically the thing. Driving home, my old we were in that old 1969 Kenworth, driving home in this old 50, 60-year-old truck. And I'm like, well, if we it worked for that tiny little community, why wouldn't it work for us? And so for, from that idea, now you you have, you know, sort of a company that's been born. You said you've been working on, on you know, launching this company for, for the past, you know, handful of months. Um, one of the things that I love about this, and we're actually showing a, a clip of one of your recent interviews on the screen right now, but one of the things that I love about your branding, because I'm always trying to pay attention to, you know, how people post on social media and what they include in social media, the hat that you're wearing says stealing Tesla's ideas. And for those who aren't, you know, history buffs, can you give us a breakdown on why this is a, you know, I guess sort of a funny like play on words? Okay. Yeah. So we named our company Edison Motors because Thomas Edison is accused of stealing Nikola Tesla's ideas. So Nikola Tesla had some brilliant ideas with uh, electricity. He worked for Edison. Edison took those ideas and capitalized on them. So obviously there's Tesla Motors, so we thought it would be funny to name our company Edison Motors because we were a little we thought it was a little bit funny and we also reserved that Tesla semi. That was five, six years ago that they announced the unveiling of that. We reserved that, paid the twenty five thousand dollars during the launch. We're like, we need this, we want this, we want to see what the electric truck can do. We believe in the advantage of electric drives. 
five, six years later, we just said, screw it, we'll build our own. <laughs> it's the entrepreneurial spirit, just like right at work. And, and for folks who who may be new to, I guess, you know, we're going to have an interview later on in the show that, that talks about, you know, autonomous vehicles. But for folks who are, they know about semi-trucks, they know some of this emerging technology that, that's coming into the space. What is sort of, I guess, the, the, the pros and the cons of what you're building to what is currently trying to, to being, you know, attempted to be built on, you know, with some of these other, you know, larger companies that are focusing on the autonomous area? Um, I would imagine that, you know, it, with your company, there isn't much infrastructure change that needs to happen. Am I right in that assumption or am I just dead wrong? Yeah, so to explain our truck, we're doing diesel electric. So it's going to have a diesel generator powering a much smaller battery bank that then flows into the electric motors. The advantage of that is that you're running a 15-liter, like X15 Cummins. You need that 600 horsepower to shove that truck off the line. But then once you're at cruising speed, you're really reducing it to like 200 horsepower, but you're still running a 15-liter engine. Now, electric is more reliable, it's more torquey, and it's just constant RPM. So for logging, we thought it made a heck of a lot more sense because you don't need two megawatts of batteries. Like the Tesla Semi, they came out and they said, you know, it can run for six hours pulling 80,000 pounds, but we need a truck that can run for 14 hours and we haul 140,000 pound loads of logs up here in the bush. So we need a, something that's a lot more skookum and, like, you do the math, that's two megawatts to two and a half megawatts of battery you would need. Not only is that going to weigh, like, 15,000 pounds, it's going to cost about $1 million to $1.5 million for that kind of battery bank. Some of them could even be up mm. to $2 million. And then you got to plug it in. And then if you don't run out of range, so we saw, it, well, the most simple way is to do it like a freight train does it. Just attach a generator behind a much smaller diesel motor use those batteries as peak load shaving. So those batteries, when they're full, they help give you that shove off the line. Then when you're cruising at speed, you know, you're only burning 150 kilowatt hours. The generator's 250. It'll build those battery banks back up. Plus, you can take advantage of the regen braking. Uh, motors, when they're coming downhill, that motor that's a motor, when you put a load on it, you can flow the power backwards, turn it into a generator. We're logging on the West Coast, so you're coming down load and you're going up the hill empty, so you can use that stored potential energy of the logs at the top of the hill to produce power for your batteries to get you to the mill and put it back. You shouldn't really have to run the generator that much. And so with this with this hybrid technology that that you've created, is it really only applicable for, you know, heavy haul loads like logging trucks or is it can it be applicable to to other types of trucks out on the market? Oh, it, the, the vocational market, I think, is the most efficient one to have these diesel electric or electric vehicles, gravel trucks, cement trucks, things that are doing in city driving that need to stop and go off of lights a lot or. You know, they're off highway and they need that robustness. I'll be honest, the diesel electric doesn't make as much sense for the highway. It, it, it just, it doesn't. And a lot of companies are focusing on that. There's some gains, but what do you get? A 10% fuel mileage gain for the little bit extra cost of the running the generator it kind of offsets itself. Because a highway truck, you're pulling 80,000 pounds on an interstate in the U.S. You get up to speed and you stay up at speed for two, three hours straight doing 60 mile an hour. There's no peak load savings. There's no real taking advantage of the regen braking. 
the efficiency loss of going through a transmission and a drive shaft isn't huge. So what you're trying to save there isn't as big compared to all the gravel trucks, garbage trucks, cement trucks, <laughs> vac trucks, tons of places like service trucks. They need additional auxiliary equipment. They've got to run additional things. You know how quiet a vac truck would be rather than having a big hydraulic pump? You could just have electric motors. You got 480 volt, three phase power right there. You can run any additional electric attachment you want. I think that is the biggest place where these EVs and diesel electric hybrids should be that heavy haul section. That's where you electric motors make a ton of torque, a metric ton of torque. Put it on a heavy haul, put it on gravel, but everyone wants to focus on the dry van hauling and it's just. It, it's not the most applicable thing. It's like buying, you know, a 40-horsepower chainsaw to do some limbing on your gardens. Why? Go out <laughs> falling with it. No, no, I think that's a brilliant breakdown. And it sort of leads me to my next question, because when I was following this journey, you guys first started out that you just wanted to make almost a kit that can be interchangeable between, you know, whether a truck is old or whether a truck is new. And I thought that that was really interesting because we the life cycle of even, you know, uh, a lot of carriers, especially in the U.S., they're having to buy new trucks every three years just in order to attract new drivers to, to to come to their company now with your solution and and I, i'm not sure if you're actually still you know pursuing this model but it was supposed to be an interchangeable engine that you switched out from some of the older model trucks with this hybrid model that you're talking about is that still in the works for you or have you moved on to you know no we actually need to to, to make an actual truck with this technology no, no, we want to do retrofit kits. That's where we want to start with. We needed to come up with our own design to do the modeling so there was no intellectual property infringement, but we're going to start making retrofits because, you know, as a trucking company ourselves, we looked at our 60-year-old trucks. You know, I've had that truck for six years, and in total I put $3,000 worth of parts into maintaining that old girl. Those old girls just work. And I feel like truck consumers, mainly owner-operators or small businesses, are different than that consumer mindset. You don't need the newest flashy model. Look at a long-nosed Peterbilt, long-nosed Kenworth. They have kept their style for the last 50 years. A truck, that W900 that you were showing from the 60s looks about the same as a W900 now. So why throw out an old truck when you can just upgrade the motor, upgrade it to a more efficient thing, and keep those old girls running? Like, as far as a business goes, why are you spending 250,000 logging trucks now or like 400,000 Canadian? Why spend 400 grand every four or five years when, you know, 100 grand, 120 grand we're estimating the cost to just do a full retrofit and keep that old girl working? Plus, diesel generators, electric motors last forever. You might have to spend 30 grand in batteries every, I don't know, five to seven years. That's a cost of doing a rebuild, but. Other than that, it should last for 20, 30 years, and that's how a truck should be. It's an asset for your business. Buy it. Keep it as long as you can. You know, when we bought that old 69, we bought it off a guy named Bob Murphy. He bought that 69 truck when he was 23 years old back in 1969, and he drove that truck every day till he retired at 67 years old before we got wow. it. 
what is the ROI on a truck? If you buy a truck for $20,000 in 1969 and keep it all the way up until 2014, what's the ROI on that? It's like, why replace it when you can just keep rebuilding that? Especially when you talk about the ROI, not just from buying a new truck, but also I would imagine with, with gas prices just being outrageous, you have the, this additional savings in, in, in diesel costs. Why do you think that this hasn't been invented yet or hasn't come to the mainstream yet? Is it really, you know, just, just folks just doing what's easy and, and, you know, we're buying new instead of rebuilding what currently is on the market. Why, why hasn't a hybrid technology like what you're doing uh, come to the market sooner? I don't know. That's the one thing that scared us when we're starting. We're like, everything makes so much sense. This is clearly one of the best ways to go. Why hasn't anyone done it? And then we're, Honestly, we're kind of scared about that, that nobody has done it yet. Like, it makes sense. Somebody should have done it. I read an article, Packard, Freightliner, both came out with it, and they analyzed the hybrid system, and they said a hybrid wasn't the best idea because the same reasons I said, their entire article, that this article that came out, looked at the highway haul application. And I think these big truck manufacturers, when they're looking at trucks, they're looking at selling to like, you know, the big Swift, the big mega carrier companies that are going to buy 7,000, 8,000 trucks per order. They're designed, they want to design a truck for them. There's, you know, there's only 3,500, I think, login trucks in BC for the application we're going under. Packard Kenworth doesn't care about 3,500 trucks when there's companies in the U.S. that place bigger orders than that per year, and that's across all our login companies. But for us, being a startup company, 3500 is a huge market for retrofits in a startup company in one small area. So for us, it made sense, and I think it might just might not have. Plus, we were thinking the engineering, if you were to do it with a team of engineers at one of these big trucking companies, they would have 15, 20 engineers who would have meetings upon meetings to discuss the meetings they were going to have. It would be so needlessly overly complicated that the entire system, when it rolled off the line, would be $600,000. Now, we we built our prototype here for $200,000 because that's all the money we had. That was our budget. So we know that our kit costs under $2,000 because that's all the money we had. You look at Hylian or some of the other competitors, and they're like, oh, yeah, our truck's going to be about four or $500,000. Some of them were like $600,000 when they came out with these fancy LNG, computer-controlled, automated trucks. It's like it's got so many features in this thing that you're paying so much money for that it's just you're driving up the price insane. And it's just, I don't know, I think doing it simple with hillbilly engineering is kind of the way to do it. I mean, that being said, since we came out, we got like 40, 50 guys working on this project, but we're keeping it simple. <laughs> Well, it also feels like you're you're addressing environmental concerns. You're addressing budgetary concerns, especially for the owner operators out there who who may be interested in just keeping their truck that they've had and they probably just love to death for for years and years, and being able to to keep that truck while also being able to save on fuel costs and and make their you know the truck a little bit more environmentally friendly without the huge cost investment. So I think you're solving a lot of problems that maybe you know these bigger companies just are so laggard 
laser focused on on other aspects of it. Um, but one way that you're using to not, I mean, you're using several ways to, to spread awareness, but one of the biggest ways that you're getting awareness to these issues is, is through your TikTok account. Can you walk us through a little bit about, you know, why you chose to get started on TikTok and why that was the platform of choice? Oh, that was because a couple of the guys I was logging with had TikToks, and they were his old Shane, and Shane loved to take videos of his truck and other truckers going, and they're like, oh, Shane's Mr. TikTok, he's making a TikTok again, and like, you know, I'm like, I better download TikTok and see what the hell Shane's posting about me, <laughs> see these trucks, and I started following Shane, and then I thought, ah, oh, screw it, I can make a few videos, and I have no idea how that took off that way because i mean it's yeah 730,000 plus another 100,000 for the edison motors tiktok like we're at 850 odd thousand or so now and it's like i don't no idea no idea i just started making jokes and i have no suggestions i i can't tell you what does well and doesn't do well on tiktok because i'll post a video i'm like okay this is a great video it's informative and you're like oh yeah 20,000 views and you're like okay you're like, hey, this is how you poop in the woods, guys, when you're logging. Four million views, it's a hit. Because <laughs> that was absolutely going to be my next question is, do you have a posting strategy? Or is it sort of just, um, I guess, sort of like the, the Gary Vee model of document, don't create. Don't spend too much time thinking about a video. Just document what you're doing in your everyday life. That's, is that sort of the ethos of what you guys uh, post with your business account and your personal account? Yeah, that's exactly what we post. We post what we're doing, what's going on in the life. If I if I have an idea, I'll make a TikTok. If I don't have an idea, it might there's times where there'll be a week or week and a half I don't make any TikToks and then all of a sudden I'll make four the next day because I got great ideas all at once. It's keep it simple. <laughs> that's my whole motto. <laughs> Now, one thing that I do love about your TikTok is because this was a little strategic, even though you don't think it is, I do think it is, is that you had a design contest for um, the, the the truck that you're looking to outfit with the new hybrid technology. Can, can you talk us through a little bit about what went into this contest and where? how did you sort of, I guess, sort through the good ideas versus the bad ideas? Well, we the main aim of the contest is we're working with another bigger company that makes electric motors, and uh, so they make some of the electric motors for like Caterpillar and that. And like we're sitting there, like it'd be nice to do three D models to model all this, where everything would go in a truck. And then we realized, like, hey, if we use Kenworth, we'll infringe on their intellectual property. And then they might say, like, hey, you can't design a truck using our truck. That's not right. So we're like, okay, we need to have our own design contest. Fair enough. So, or our own truck design, and I thought, well, I'm tired of these companies making ugly electric trucks. Every time they come out and design their own truck, it looks ugly, and all the trucking community always makes fun of it. So I said, if the trucking community always makes fun of every electric truck, why don't we just ask the trucking community what they want to see in an electric truck? Let them decide. That way, if they're like, hey, we think it's ugly, it's like, well, you designed it. It's like a Subway sandwich. If you complain about a Subway sandwich, it's like, well, you made it. You can't complain about it. And so from this this design contest, like you're actually you actually picked one of the designs that was all voted on. You had, you know, different numbers by each truck design and then people voted by liking the comments. Now, what where does that I guess sort of the, the truck design process stand at this current moment? Is it currently in the works? Like, how does that even work like to design a new truck? 
Oh, um, so yeah, we're basically we've got we the winning design one. We had a look at it. We got like four or five engineers now that work for us, and they had a look to see where places could go. We had to make a few changes, a couple little aerodynamics, but yeah, we've got that truck in 3D rendering now. We're making a few little changes, and we're hoping in the next three weeks all the parts and components will be in there that I can show everybody how it all works, how it all fits together, and. And then, plus, then we can mod it into, like, American Truck Simulator so everyone can go out and drive the truck. And we'll probably make Prototype 2 the truck design that we made ourselves because, honestly, we were thinking if we're going to build a truck right from brand new, the frame rails up, we might as well make the design ourselves. And we made this design so simple that I went to a body fabricator, and it's going to be $18,500 to make the entire body. The hood alone on a new W900 is about $16,000 for the hood. I can make the whole body hood, fenders, and cab for eighteen five because it's a simple design, and we went back to basics. Hmm. And so you've got the new truck in, in the design process. You've, you've developed the, this hybrid motor that, that could help, you know, with a lot of different owner-operators out there, especially up in Canada for, for, for logging. What does sort of, I guess, the, the one-year outlook look like for, for you guys in Edison Motors? The one-year outlook. Okay, well, this summer we're hoping to have our prototype version one. That's that old 1962 Kenworth we started on. Uh, we're going to test that out, see what breaks, see what works, see what doesn't work. And then we're going to, because realistically the company we're working with for the actual electric motors, because we're just ripping apart a used Tesla now. <laughs> we're literally stealing <laughs> a Tesla motor out of a wreck Tesla, stealing Tesla's idea. But once we get a bigger motor in there that's properly sized from the company we're going to go with for the retrofit kits, they said their lead time right now on their motors is about 54 weeks. So we're looking at figuring that out in the next month or two, and then we're not going to be able to see these motors for like a year. So we're going to test the prototype. In the meantime, we're going to build everything up there where it's going to mount, how we're going to mount everything in that Edison version of the truck. And then we're hoping that within a, about a year, year and a half, we'll have the full version ready to go, test that out for four or five months, and then start the retrofit kit summer of 2024 to fall 2024. 2022, 2023, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's been incredible to, to watch this journey. And, and for folks who want to start watching your journey, where can they find more of your work? Uh, TikTok under Chase Barber, Perfect. not we Chris Barber. <laughs> oh, my TikTok throttled like crazy. Chris Barber was one of the leaders of the truck convoy who was on TikTok, and I'm Chase Barber. People keep reporting my videos. I'm like, because they're mad about the truck convoy. I'm like, I'm not that. That's Chris Barber. I'm Chase Barber. Different Barbers. Totally. I'm the guy right. building like totally truck different truckers. <laughs> Follow the real yeah, Chase or, Barber uh, over on TikTok and then edisonmotors.ca. Chase, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun and, and excited to continue. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast. And if you did like it, I would love if you could rate and review the show on Apple or Spotify. It'll take you like two minutes of your time, but it helps a ton for a creator like me to be able to show that review like a badge of honor. And it also helps the show get discovered by others. 
If you'd like to see more of my work, head on over to digitaldispatch.io. I've got some new content collections under the resources tab for folks who are freight brokers, truckers, carriers, freight agents, and also a best of collection for how to fix your website and how to fix your marketing. It's all completely free. And again, that tab is under resources over on the digitaldispatch.io website. The website also includes some links to our social media accounts, along with my products and services, in case any of that is of interest to you. Once again, my name is Blythe Bremleve, and I thank you for sharing your attention with me today. Until next time, have a magical day.